What is going on, every single buddy listening to Murph's Boston Sports Talk? I am your host, James Murphy, a.k.a. Murph, and thank you so much for joining me on today's episode, episode number 126. Today is the last day of January, but oh my goodness, there's so much to talk about, and I can't wait to dive into everything, but I am such at a mixed emotional state. Am I supposed to be excited right now based off of what happened over the weekend? Am I supposed to be sad and upset because of what happened over the weekend? Like, I am beyond thrilled and excited that the Bengals and the Rams won. But I am additionally so emotionally distraught and upset that Tom Brady retired. Or so to speak, he retired. For those that may be living under a rock or those that may not know, Tom Brady quote-unquote announced his retirement from the NFL. However, Tom Brady hasn't given an official announcement yet. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers supposedly haven't been informed of this decision. So there are rumors circulating that he truly isn't done. He's truly not retiring. But everybody across the NFL who covers the NFL says that he is reporting that he is I made a video about how I feel and what Tom Brady retiring means to me I released it yesterday on YouTube and I will have it kind of go I will have it placed here in the podcast for like you know the next 10 minutes or so but before I throw it over to that clip I just if it's true that he's not retiring don't we think we would have heard something from Tom Brady or his camp right now? Be like, hey, you know, Tom Brady's still considering his football future. He hasn't made any decision on whether he's retiring or not. All these retirement rumors are fake. Don't believe it. Or Tom Brady would have said something like, oh, I haven't decided yet. I'm still still trying to determine what my future holds. Or like the Buccaneers, don't you think they would have said something? I don't know. A lot of people said he's done. A lot of people said he's not. I know uh, Tom Brady's dad, Tom Sr., said he hasn't made up his mind yet. But until I hear something from Brady himself, I'm going to kind of go on the limb that he's done. I mean, what do you think about it? Do you think he's actually done? And if he is, it's, it's so upsetting. It's so sad. But like I said, I cover all of it in the video I released yesterday. So for the next 10 or so minutes, I believe it's 10 or so minutes, I'm going to have it be playing for you guys. So definitely enjoy this. Clip it. And if you haven't seen the video from yesterday, definitely go check it out. It's on YouTube. If not, you're going to get it right now. So I will catch you on the other side of this clip. But please enjoy my raw reactions to Tom Brady retiring. The worst day of my life happened yesterday. The absolute worst day of my life happened yesterday. Tom Brady retires. Oh. Oh, my God. My favorite player of all time decides to call it quits. Hangs him up. Wants to go up into the rafters and into Canton. 
you know, I was really emotional yesterday, and I don't think I have any tears left to cry right now. Not that I would want to in front of you guys. I think that's kind of embarrassing. But, oh, it's a very difficult and emotional day for me. It really is. It really, really is. And I am beyond appreciative to have been able to see him play for 22 seasons. Trust me, I am beyond appreciative. Like, happy. Happy. I'm emotional. Grateful, blessed, humble, but sad. Let me read you some of Tom Brady's career statistics. This is going to blow your mind. He has played in 318 career games. He is 243 and 73. He has a 64.2 completion percentage, which is actually lower than I thought. But, you know, early in his career, he wasn't the marksman that he was or that he is today. 84,520 passing yards, 624 touchdowns, 203 interceptions, and crazy, 5,671.7 fantasy points. Oh, man, this is, this is really, really tough. And I just want to make this video to express myself to you guys that Tom Brady is beyond like, anything we've ever seen. And anything we'll ever see. Like, I mean, the, the man put up insane numbers year after year from when he first got the starting gig in 2001 all the way up to 2021 when he decided to hang them up. Like, we'll never see such a reign from any sports player ever again. And I'm so happy and thankful that I was able to see that. And as you were as well. Seven Super Bowls, ten appearances. Do I have like a do I have a list? I mean, I could probably rattle it off all in my head, but uh, seven-time Super Bowl champion, five-time Super Bowl MVP, three-time MVP, three-time All-Pro, fifteen-time Pro Bowler. Uh, he was on the Hall of Fame All-2000 team, Hall of Fame All-2010s team. Like, oh, it just goes on and on and on. What he was able to do. When he made a statement in early 2020 that he wasn't going to come back to the Patriots, I was sad. I didn't have this channel or platform, so I wasn't like didn't make a video about it. But I was sad. I was depressed. I was. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to feel. I mean, for 20 years, Tom Brady and the Patriots, year in and year out, that's just what we knew. But then I thought to myself, well, he's not retiring. He's still playing. And that made that day and his decision a little bit easier for me because, yeah, it may not be with the Patriots, but he's still going to be out there playing. And he won a Super Bowl, and he made it to the divisional round this past year, playing exceptionally good football. I mean, he threw 40 touchdowns last year and 43 this year, leading the league in touchdowns thrown 
and 5,316 yards, both leading the league. I mean, the dude's still at the top of his game. And he's going out on his turns, which is fantastic for him. <laughs> for him. It's fantastic for him. But with him now officially retiring, you know, there's no him going from New England to Tampa Bay. There's no Tampa Bay, him going from Tampa Bay to somewhere else. It's the end of the line. That's it. And I'm glad he's doing it, you know, his own way. He's not retiring because he sucks. He's not retiring because of an injury. I mean, the dude could go out there again next year and probably put up similar numbers, if not better, if he wanted to. But Tom Brady's retiring, and it makes knowing that harder because there is no next year with Tom Brady. I mean, for 22 years, we knew Tom Brady in football. I mean, regardless if you're a Pats fan or not, football fan, Tom Brady was always going to be playing. I guess it's easier to know that this day was coming. You know, it's not like he's 37 years old, 38 years old. He still has a lot of football left, he says. You know, he still wants to go out there and win. He can still win. He's at the highest of his game. It's not like that. I mean, the dude's 44 years old. He's breaking records for his age in every sport. I mean, he's played five seasons of at least of being 40 years old. I mean, the dude threw 32, 29, 24, 40, and 43 touchdowns. That's unbelievable what he's doing for his age. But him being 44 and knowing that this day was coming, knowing that this day could come, I guess it makes it a little easier, but it's not much easier to know that your favorite player is not going to be on the field come week one in September. And I could, you know, be showing a soft side, a sobbing side, you know, a weak emotional side, but it's true. I mean, we, we all have our favorite players, whether they're still playing or they're retired. We all went through some kind of emotional, you know, spiraling when our favorite player retired. And when your favorite player retires, if they're not re already retired, you're going to go through it too. And it's okay to go through it. I'm just happy to have been able to see 22 years of Tom Brady playing football. Something I'll never forget. I'll pass down to my kids, tell stories about Brady, you know, throwing 50 touchdowns in 2007, breaking the record, or coming back from 28-3 to against the Falcons. You know, the great Super Bowl runs of, you know, 2001, 3, 4, 14, 16, 18. You know, all those Super Bowl championships. And obviously, you know, last year, 2020, albeit on the box. But this is a tough one. This is a tough, tough day. Or well, past couple days, to be honest. What does that do for his sports cards? What does Tom Brady retiring do for his sports cards? I'll tell you what. Goes right up. Goes right up through the roof. I mean, Tom Brady is a solidified GOAT, a solidified Hall of Famer, and nothing he can do is going to change that. I mean, we all say, you know, LeBron's a Hall of Famer, Brady's a Hall of Famer, 
And that may be true. But once they walk into the Hall of Fame, their cards are going to jump again. But before that, their cards are going to jump when they retire. And Brady is at that point where he has retired and his cards are going up and up and up. I mean, hopefully people stocked up on sports cards, specifically Brady sports cards, you know, now before it's too late. Because finding $35 slabs of Tom Brady, very, very unlikely. Matter of fact, I got to go price comp mine that I have in the case right now to see if they're still around the price I have on the sticker. It's a tough day. And if you watch this entire video, I really appreciate it. Let me know down in the comments what you think of Tom Brady retiring. How do you feel? Are you happy? Are you sad? I want to know your thoughts, comments. You know, what is Tom Brady's legacy to you? What does this do for his sports cards? Let me know all that down in the comment section below. And while you're there, please like the video if you did enjoy this emotional side of me. And also, please consider hitting that giant red subscribe button if you're new to the channel or have not considered subscribing. So, yeah, that was me yesterday. Very emotional. Very uh, emotionally tender. Very in shock. It just wasn't a good time yesterday. <laughs> it's, it's still not. It's, it's, it's really not. And having the outcome that I was looking for yesterday in the AFC and, and NFC games, respectively, makes me feel a little bit better. But at the end of the day, it's just like, oh, oh, like, come on. Favorite player can't be playing no more. It's, it just really hurts. It really, really hurts. But let's move past that. But before we do, though, definitely let me know what your thoughts, comments, reactions are to Tom Brady quote-unquote retiring you know is he done is he not done what do you think reach out to me via social media at Merce Cartown. reach out to me down in the comment section below if you're listening to this on YouTube because I'd love to hear your thoughts questions concerns anything reactions about Tom Brady supposedly retiring I guess it's not official official but it's trending to be official and speaking of something trending to official sticking with football the Patriots have lost their offensive coordinator, Josh McDaniels, to the Las Vegas Raiders as the Raiders have hired Josh McDaniels to be their next head coach. In addition to McDaniels, they also hired former Patriots director of play personnel, Dave Ziegler, as their general manager. That was yesterday, and McDaniels is coming along with them as that deal is being finalized. So the Patriots... Just can't catch a break, it seems. Seems like they just cannot catch a break. I mean, good for good for Josh McDaniels. You know, it's awesome. He had a head coaching job with the Denver Broncos. Didn't go well. He was there for two years, I believe. Then he comes back to be the offensive coordinator, which he has been for the past 10 years. He's had tons of interviews and coaching opportunities. We remember a few years ago, he was going to be the head coach of the Colts. But then Bill Belichick kind of pulled him back, and he's been the offensive coordinator since 2011. But with now McDaniel's gone, who's going to be the offensive coordinator? And a lot of people, specifically those on the radio, and I actually do love this one, pointing to Bill O'Brien. 
Former Patriots offensive coordinator from 2009 to 2011. He was also the Texans head coach for a handful of seasons, the Texans head coach and general manager, and most recently the Alabama Crimson Tide offensive coordinator. I think it would be a great homecoming for Bill O'Brien. He obviously has chemistry with the Patriots. He has chemistry with Bill Belichick. We've seen what he's been able to do in Alabama now, and he's doing very well. I think it'd be really good to bring someone familiar, someone experienced and seasoned back home to be the Patriots offensive coordinator. Now, I'm not going to say it's a done deal because it's nowhere near a done deal as this Josh McDaniels thing just broke, I believe, last night. But if it's not Bill O'Brien, then who's it going to be? And I know Bill Belichick likes to hire from within. But who from within is he going to hire? It's not like he has a Sean McVay that's just sitting as the you know wide receivers coach. Or he has a Kyle Shanahan sitting as the quarterback's coach. Ironically enough, Josh McDaniels was your quarterback coach, so you're losing your OC and your quarterback coach. Who's going to replace that role? Who's going to fill that void? Josh McDaniels did a great job with Mac Jones in year one. And it seems like Mac Jones is on the verge of taking that next step. And if he had Josh McDaniels, he was going to take that next step. And without McDaniels, he probably still can. He probably still will. But he needs someone to coach him correctly, coach him up. You know, play to his strengths, play to his strong suit. And Bill O'Brien coached Mac Jones at Alabama. He's offensive coordinator there. It just seems too true to be a to not be a perfect fit. It literally looks like it's written on the walls to bring Bill uh, Bill O'Brien back. It, like I said, it gives you experience, a seasoned coach, someone who's been the offensive coordinator here in New England, someone who's been a head coach before, someone who's had success as the offensive coordinator and a head coach, plus he's had some success at Alabama being the offensive coordinator under Nick Saban. That sounds like a pretty good resume to me compared to Hiring from within, where you don't have a Sean McVay or Kyle Shanahan waiting in the background, who Sean McVay and Kyle Shanahan are probably one of the two brightest minds in the NFL who both started as positional coaches. Now look at them. They just battled it out in the NFC title game last night, which I will break down and get into in a few moments. It's just, you know, this team thrives on good coaching. And you could even point to Bill Belichick that he might be losing it a little bit. I mean, he's going to be 70 years old, I believe, in April. It is Bill. Let me just look it up. Belichick. He is going. Yeah, he's going to be 70 years old in April. I mean, does he still have it in him? Is that going to, I mean, of course, Bill Belichick could take over the offensive play calls. But, I mean, that's going to be so much to worry about the offense, defense, special team, you know, the calls, this and that. For a 70-year-old, I mean, it just sounds like a disaster waiting to happen. Absolutely waiting to happen. And then I, I haven't even talked about the defensive side of the ball, where we still don't have a, a defensive coordinator. We haven't for a handful of seasons now. I mean, Brian Flores was the def- defensive play caller in his last season here in Foxborough. And with him out of a head coaching job where he got fired from Miami, could he be coming back as well? 
Obviously, there's some head coaching jobs still lurking out there, but they're starting to get sucked up. And if he doesn't get a head coaching job, I don't see this guy going jobless. I think it would be a perfect fit to bring him back for a lot of the same reasons Bill O'Brien. Granted, Flores is younger, but Brian Flores was a coach here. He may not have been the defensive coordinator, but he was the defensive play caller, and he did a damn good job at it. He has head coaching experience. He's been with New England before. I mean, hell, he's been in the division with the Dolphins the past couple of seasons. And to bring someone seasoned and experienced like that into the locker room, especially with Gerard Mayo possibly on his way out himself, who has been part of that defensive coaching staff, he might get a defensive coordinator job elsewhere. Doesn't seem like a head coach job, even though he was in some rumors to be like the Broncos head coach or even the Raiders head coach. That seems to have kind of gone away now. But he could still get a defensive coordinator position. I mean, the defense started off, started off hot this year. Started off hot last year. Started off hot the year before. And then each of the three past seasons, they've just sizzled right out. Absolutely dropped off. And I think bringing Brian Flores back could really, really help that. I really do. Will it? Obviously, you need to bring in, you know, some more defensive backs, some linebackers. You got to kind of fix a defense again and kind of make it younger, make it stronger, make it faster. But I think having Brian Flores at the front of that will really have a significant impact on your team's defensive play. A lot of questions are in front of the Patriots right now. Offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, wide receivers, linebackers, defensive backs. Patriots have some time. But at least on the coaching front, they should probably try to figure that out sooner than later. They really should. Because it all starts with coaching. There's four phases to the game of football. Offense, defense, special teams, and coaching. And we hear Bill Belichick say that time and time again. Let's figure out one phase of the game, coaching, and then we can work on the other three. My opinion, my opinion, but this is going to be a critical offseason for the Patriots. It's going to be a very, very, very critical offseason for the Patriots. Yeah, they made it back to the playoffs this year, 10-7, and rookie quarterback. But you don't have the rookie quarterback excuse anymore going into year two. You know, you're clearly the second team in the division behind the Buffalo Bills where you were almost able to reclaim the division back from them but fell short based off of bad play on all phases of the game of football. So the Patriots have a very crucial offseason ahead of them and it'll be very interesting to see how they attack it. And we'll dive more into it once the playoffs are over, once the Super Bowl is come and gone as we approach free agency, which I'm very, very excited for. And then, obviously, you have the draft coming up as well in April. Then you're going to have rookie camp. You're going to have OTAs and then training camp. And uh, before we know it, football is going to be back. Before we know it, football will be back. So let's just take it a step at a time, phase at a time, and hopefully we can get these Patriots back into the playoffs, back into a divisional title game maybe. But it's going to all start with this offseason. It's going to be a very 
crucial, crucial offseason. But with that being said, let's stick with football as we have a ton to break down between the AFC and the NFC title games. Obviously, let's start with the Bengals and Chiefs game first. At halftime, Chiefs led 21-10. to They had the ball at the one-yard line with like four or five seconds to go, and they don't get a touchdown instead of kicking the field goal. Was that the difference maker? Possibly. Here comes Joe Burrow and the Bengals coming back from 21. I think that the worst, it was 21 to 3 at the worst. And they come back to win 27 to 24. Now, I don't know if anyone thought the Chiefs were going to easily win this. I don't think anyone thought that the Bengals were easily going to win this. But regardless of who won, it was not going to be easy. I know a lot of people out there picked the Chiefs to easily win. Or I should say not a lot. I should say a few people. Because they're Mahomes D-Riders. And you guys know how I feel about those bandwagon fans. But either way, this game was absolutely fantastic. And I believe in the... I want to say the third quarter. Joe Burrow threw an interception. Right after the Bengals defense forced. I think like a three and out. And I was thinking to myself. That's going to be the game. That's going to be the game. But it wasn't the game. The... uh, Bengals defense played outstanding in the second half, only giving up three points to a, in a field goal in the fourth quarter. Oh my goodness. And then, and then my favorite part, the kicker out of all of it. The Chiefs get the ball to start overtime. This, this is going to be my favorite part. You guys, you ready for this? Hold on, let me fix my microphone. I talked about this before on Monday and on Friday last week. We all remember the uh, 2019 AFC title game between the Patriots and the Chiefs. We all remember that. Patriots won the coin flip and they go down and score a touchdown. And the Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes didn't get a possession in overtime. That's not fair. Then. The Chiefs and the Chargers going to overtime well, a few weeks ago. They got the coin flip. They got the ball, and they scored a touchdown on the first drive. But all Chiefs fans were quiet after winning and Justin Herbert not getting a possession in overtime. And then just last week, the Buffalo Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs go into overtime in the AFC Divisional Round. Chiefs won the coin flip, and they go down and score a touchdown. And where are those same Chiefs fans? Hold on, let me take my headphones off. I'm listening. Where are those same Chiefs fans? Crying for Josh Allen to get a possession in overtime. I don't hear them. I don't hear them. You want to know why? Because it suited them and it favored them. Defense is an aspect of the game of football. And the Cincinnati Bengals went out and proved that. They lost the coin flip. 
and everybody in Arrowhead, woo, woo, going crazy because they got the ball to start the overtime period. Guess what? You guys had the ball to start overtime. Yeah, sure. But then the Bengals defense got a stop. They forced a turnover with an interception. The up-and-coming young goat that is Patrick Mahomes that everybody is deriding and everybody is claiming to be the guy throws an interception in overtime on the first drive of overtime. Giving Joe Burrow a possession. Defense is an aspect of the game. Just as easy as an offense can go down and score, the defense can stop them as well. Force a field goal. Force a punt. Force a fumble, an interception, or whatever. And the Bengals' defense did that. They lost the coin flip. Okay, so what? Our defense is good, and we think our defense is better than their offense. We're just going to go get a stop. And they did. And they did. Stop crying and complaining about the overtime rule. In regulation, I see no problem with it. If the team gets the ball to start and they score a touchdown, so be it. It is part of the game to play defense. In in uh, postseason play, I think it should probably be a full quarter length. I think, you know, just kind of let them play for one more quarter. Then it is the postseason, but it is what it is. Oh, it was so good to just rub that in your face. Oh, all the Kansas City fake fan bandwagon deriding Mahomes fans. Oh, it was so good. The same fan base that cried after losing in overtime a few years ago to the Patriots were the same ones that were quiet as a hush puppy against the Bills and the Chargers when they won in overtime without Herbert or Allen getting a possession. And then your quarterback, Patrick Mahomes, goes out and blows it. He choked. He absolutely choked. Patrick Mahomes, 26 for 39, 275 yards, three touchdowns, and two interceptions. Joe Burrow, 23 for 38, 252 touchdowns, and one interception. Oh, that game was so good. Oh, that game was so good. I heard on the radio. You're not going to believe me. I heard on the radio. Hold on, hold on. Before I go there, before I go there. After Mahomes won his first Super Bowl and his first MVP in, what, his third season, right? Uh, He sat his first year, the first starting year, his second year, got to the title game and lost. And then, okay, a third year he won the Super Bowl. And then last year he won the Super Bowl. I lost the Super Bowl last year. People were calling Patrick Mahomes a top 10 quarterback of all time after winning the Super Bowl and probably after he got to the Super Bowl whether he won or lost last year a top 10 quarterback a goat they were calling him like a top 10 top 5 quarterback I had no freaking idea why 
Was he young and good? Yes. Did he have arm strength? Yes. Did he have talent? Yes. Did he have skills? Yes. Did he have 50 touchdowns? Yes. Did he have all the passing yards? Sure. The MVP? Absolutely. The Super Bowl? Yes. The Super Bowl MVP? Sure. But who has all that as well? And arguably not a top five quarterback of all time. And this, this, is, this is the kicker. This is what I heard on the radio. Patrick Mahomes looks more like this player than he does Tom Brady. Because for the next forever, everyone's going to be compared or going to try to be compared to Tom Brady. What did you do and compare to the greatest of all time? Did you win seven Super Bowls? No. Did you go to 10? No. Okay, you're not the GOAT. Like, that's that's the bar. That is the bar. Five Super Bowl MVPs, three regular season MVPs. That is the bar, right? People were saying, rather than Tom Brady or closer to Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes looks like Aaron Rodgers. And I lost my shit. I lost my shit. But it's true. It's so true. Patrick Mahomes choked it. Completely, completely choked it. He choked the NFC game. uh, Not the NFC NFC game. Wow, I'm not even there yet. He choked the game against the Bengals when they first played in Week 17. He choked this game. He almost let the Bills win. Uh, last week, he lost a Super Bowl, lost two AFC title games, won a Super Bowl. Wow, this sounds oddly familiar. It sounds like Aaron Rodgers. It does. It does. Now, I think Aaron Rodgers is a great quarterback. Is he a top five all time? Probably not. Is he a top 10 quarterback of all time? Yeah, probably. Maybe like seven, eight, nine, ten 10, around there. Like the back end of the top 10. I think that's a fair argument and a fair debate to, you know, place him there. Now, is he, you know, that's a conversation for another day, but that's a good debatable point, right? Aaron Rodgers has MVPs. He has a Super Bowl MVP. He has a Super Bowl. He's been to the NFC title game a few times, and he's choked him. And Patrick Mahomes choked it. Now, my thing with the Chiefs, and I've said this time and time and time and time and time and time again, whether it's at the shop or on the podcast. You're not going to win by giving your quarterback 45 to 50 million of the cap. You're not going to win. Now, is the salary cap expected to boom in a few years? Yes. I think in a couple years. Not this year, but I think next year. It's supposed to go up like 30, 40 million dollars. So it's going to kind of even out a little bit. But right now, the way the salary cap is, where it was like 185 or give or take, 50 of it is going to Patrick Mahomes. 45-50. Almost another 20 is going to Chris Jones. Another 15, I believe, was going to like Travis Kelsey, and another 15 or so was going to Tyreek Hill. Right there, I mean, you have 80 million left to fill a team. Oh my god, it just doesn't work. It does not work. Name me the last time a high-paid quarterback won a Super Bowl. Because when Patrick Mahomes won a few years ago, a couple years ago, he was still on a rookie deal. He was on a rookie deal. 
quarterbacks to win the Super Bowl. Let's see. Let's go all the way back here. So Tom Brady making $25 million last year won the Super Bowl. I don't need that. I mean, probably the highest paid player on the team, but I mean, only $25 million. Look at all these quarterbacks. Tannehill's making $30 million. Come on. And you have Patrick Mahomes again is on the rookie deal. Tom Brady again for the Patriots. Nick Foles wasn't a highest paid player. Tom Brady wasn't the highest player. Peyton Manning, I don't know how much he was making, but he wasn't making $35 million, I'll tell you that. Brady again. Wilson, Russell Wilson on a rookie deal. Joe Flacco, I believe, also on a rookie deal. He got paid after they won. Eli Manning, I know he was uh he was paid big time, but like I think at the time like twenty million dollars maybe. But at that time that was a lot of money. Aaron Rodgers in two thousand ten, I believe uh it wasn't on a rookie deal, but he wasn't making anywhere near what he's making now. Drew Brees, Big Ben, Eli Manning again, Peyton Manning, Ben Roethlisberger. And then you go Tom Brady, Tom Brady, Brad Johnson for the Bucks, Tom Brady, Trent Dilfer. Like, I mean, no quarterback, no player. Whether you're Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes. I know Deshaun Watson's making a lot of money, so I'm going to kind of throw him in there too. Russell, uh, Russell, uh, Aaron Rodgers, you're not going to win. It's just not how it is. It's it's so funny. And I also heard I also heard this. A guy came into the shop one day and was like, You know there's never been a running quarterback to ever win the Super Bowl? Like recently, recent memory. Like when I think of running quarterback, run first. Lamar Jackson, Jalen Hurts, RG three, Mike Vick. Those guys, right? Again, I'll rattle it off. Tom Brady, pocket. Patrick Mahomes, he's a pocket passer who can scramble, okay? Tom Brady again. Nick Foles, pocket. Brady, pocket. Peyton Manning, pocket quarterback. Tom Brady, pocket quarterback. Russell Wilson, when he was younger, he was a scramble. He's more now of a pocket quarterback. Then again, Wilson was a uh, not a rookie, but he was, you know, rookie years. Okay, maybe that might be the lone exception. Joe Flacco, pocket. Eli Manning, pocket. Aaron Rodgers, he's a pocket quarterback, but he can scramble, extend plays, and you know run with his legs a little bit. But he's not a scrambling quarterback. He's not like a Lamar or Jalen Hurts. Drew Brees, pocket. Roethlisberger, pocket. Eli Manning, pocket. Peyton Manning, pocket. Roethlisberger, pocket. Brady, pocket. It's just a fact. Pocket quarterbacks win the Super Bowl. Not your scrambling quarterbacks. Let's look at the ones who lost. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, pocket. Jimmy Garoppolo, pocket. Goff, pocket. Brady, Matt Ryan, all pocket quarterbacks. Then you go to Cam Newton. He's a scrambler. Lost. Russell Wilson, he lost because he's a scrambler. Peyton Manning lost. Colin Kaepernick was a scrambler. He lost. And then you got a bunch of pocket quarterbacks. Brady, Big Ben, Manning, Kurt Warner, Brady again. Donovan McNabb. Uh, that's a tough one. So yeah, pocket quarterbacks get to the Super Bowl, not scramblers. So that's why I feel so comfortable with the Patriots drafting Mac Jones, because it gives you some uh, familiarity under center than uh, that you saw with Tom Brady, rather than the time you had Cam Newton. And it's just 
Just a fact. Pocket quarterbacks make it to the Super Bowl. So your Lamar Jacksons, your Jalen Hurts, all those running quarterbacks. I just, I don't see it. I don't see it. But yeah, what a fantastic game. I know I kind of got a little distracted here talking about this and that. But the Bengals defeated the Kansas City Chiefs 27-24 to in overtime at Arrowhead. And it's so good to see Joe Burrow go to the Super Bowl. Shut down the Chiefs because America is absolutely sick of seeing Kansas City. So good to see the Cincinnati Bengals moving on. Now let's talk about the NFC game. Oop, that's the Super Bowl. Let's talk about the NFC game where the Los Angeles Rams won 20-17 as they beat the San Francisco 49ers. The Los Angeles Rams will be playing the Super Bowl in their home stadium, similar to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers did last year. But I, I believe, I believe the Rams are the away team technically, because SoFi for the Super Bowl is a neutral site game. So therefore, the Rams are the away team. Does that mean they're gonna have to switch up lockers? That'd be stupid. Don't switch the lockers, because I know the home team of the stadium will get the home locker room and the away team will get the away locker room. Because the Bucks last year, they were the home team at the Super Bowl, albeit the uh, game was at Raymond James Stadium where the Bucks play. So obviously they didn't have to go anywhere. They didn't have to change at all, regardless. Uh, I mean, I guess you could give the Bengals the, uh, the Los Angeles Chargers locker room, right? That would probably make the most sense because there has to be three locker rooms, correct? Rams, Chargers, then the away team. So, yeah, just give them the Chargers locker room. That could be the home locker room that you give them. But, yeah, what a crazy game. No scoring in the first. It was an absolute nail-biter. Then it was 10-7 to at halftime in favor of the 49ers. Then the 49ers go up 17-7. to 17-7. to And as we saw in Super Bowl 54... 54, Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers blow a 10-point lead in a playoff game, this time to the Rams, like they did to the Chiefs a few years ago in Super Bowl 54. Unbelievable. Because I think the Chiefs were down 21 to like 10 or something in the fourth quarter of that game, and the Chiefs come roaring back against the 49ers. Because, yeah, people were giving Kyle Shanahan shit because he was the Offensive coordinator for the Falcons under Dan Quinn when the Falcons blew the 28-3 lead against the Patriots. Oh, it's all coming full circle, guys. It's coming full circle. Then the Rams scored 13 unanswered points in the fourth quarter to seal the game 20-17. 49ers did have the ball with like a minute and a half to go in the fourth quarter, backed up their own inside the 20. And the drive just went backwards and backwards. And then Jimmy Garoppolo was going down. He tried to throw the ball away so he could stop the clock, not lose 10 yards. But then he got picked off. Who did he got picked off by? Traven Howard picked it off. I couldn't even tell you who he is. And that sealed the game. Very exciting game. But it was far less stressful for me, at least. It was far less uh, edgy of seat. I didn't have a, a dog in this race. You know, I could really care less. My mentality going in, if the Bengals won the AFC game, I don't care who comes out of the NFC. If the Chiefs won the AFC game, then I want the Rams to win the NFC game. The sad thing is Jimmy Garoppolo was crying on the bench after they lost. He knows his time was done. 
They he knows Trey Lance is going to fill his shoes after. Jimmy Garoppolo is a serviceable starting quarterback, but is he good? Well, winning percentage wise, sure. Statistically, I I don't know. You know, their Super Bowl run a couple years ago. He threw eight times, I think, in like the NFC game. He went 16 for 30 in this game. I think he's going to be a starting quarterback next year. Obviously not for the 49ers. I mean, where could he go? Who needs a quarterback? Let's try to think off the top of my head. Who needs a quarterback? Um, I don't know. <laughs> uh, let's see. Oh, the, the Steelers need a quarterback. There we go. There's one. Teams who need a quarterback 2022. I really don't know off the top of my head. Oh, okay. Here we go. Uh, the Broncos could use one. Absolutely. The Steelers could use one. The Panthers could use one. Here we go. We're rattling off team. Washington football team. That would be a good spot for Jimmy G. I really think that'd be a good spot. Oh, yeah. You know, I kind of like that. Him going to football team. Detroit Lions. That's not a bad one. You know, Jimmy Garoppolo is a game manager. He could game manage the Detroit Lions to maybe a few wins. A lot better off than Jared Goff, I'll tell you that. Um, Let's see. He's not going to replace Matt Ryan. The Browns potentially depends on the situation with Baker Mayfield. The Texans, they got Davis Mills. Uh, Colts haven't committed to Carson Wentz yet, but I feel like they'd probably go with Sam Ellinger. Vikings have Cousins, who's up. They also have Kellen Mond, who they draft in the second round. The Giants, but I doubt they're going to move on from Daniel Jones this year. But if they do, that's something to keep an eye on. So there's a few options out there. And then obviously you got the 40, uh, not 49ers, the Seahawks, who may move on from Russell Wilson. You have the Packers, who are probably going to move on from Aaron Rodgers. So there's some teams out there. That there's teams out there for sure that could use quarterbacks. All right, so I guess I was wrong with that take. Jimmy G should be a starting quarterback next year for one team, for eight teams, Steelers, Seahawks, Packers. Wow, that'd be funny. He just beat the Packers, and he's going to be the quarterback for the Packers. That would be hysterical. Um, the Lions, the football team. I think the Lions and the football team are probably the two best places for him to go. In my opinion, the Panthers, like I said, are an option, and the Broncos. Very, very interesting option. Anyways, congratulations to the Los Angeles Rams for winning an absolute crazy game, and it was good to see them come from behind. Everyone loves this Super Bowl matchup. The underdog Cincinnati Bengals with Joe Burrow going up against you know the beloved Matthew Stafford, who hasn't won a playoff game before this playoff run. He's now won three, and he's moving on to the Super Bowl. After all those terrible years in Detroit, he's going to have his chance to win. It's America's Super Bowl. It really is. And I am so happy to see two teams that that deserve it a lot, two quarterbacks that are playing their asses off for their teams, get a shot to win the whole thing. But that is going to be my thoughts, my opinions, everything that I think about what happened over this weekend in terms of Brady retiring and, of course, the AFC-NFC title games and, obviously, the Patriots coaching concerns with Josh McDaniels most likely 98% out the door. I guess we can't call it 100 because A, the contract is not finalized, and B, he did pull back from the Indianapolis Colts head coaching job that he committed to a few years ago. So until he gets, you know, 
announced with the press conference as the next head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders. We're going to have to pause a little bit and see how it plays out. But that's going to do it for this one. Thank you so much for downloading, listening, and enjoying today's episode, episode number 126 of Murph's Boston Sports Talk. I greatly appreciate you clicking on this video if you are listening on YouTube. And if you are listening on YouTube, please leave a comment down in the comment section below and subscribe to the channel if you're new or have not considered subscribing. Again, thank you so much for downloading, listening, and enjoying if you're listening on all audio-only platforms. Please make sure you reach out to me via social media at Murph's Cartown as I would greatly appreciate interacting with you and engaging your thoughts, opinions, comments, and concerns about what we discussed in today's episode. That's going to do it for this one. Hopefully the snow and the storm wasn't too, too bad for you. Probably should have let off with that, which I usually do. But it's just my mind was everywhere and my emotional state was in a bunch of places. But hopefully I, I hear there's more snow coming. Is that true? Is, I, I got to check the weather. Hold on. Is that really true that there's going to be more snow on Friday? Okay, it looks like it's just rain right now. Uh, wait, is that snowflake or is that a raindrop? I can't tell on my on my phone. Thursday, it looks like it's 50% rain. And then Friday, it looks like it's 100% rain, maybe snow. I don't know. I'm sick of the snow. You guys know how I feel about this. I'm absolutely sick of the cold and I'm sick of the snow. Give me 85 degree sunshine. That's going to do it for this one, guys. I'll catch you on Friday for Friday's episode, episode number 127. But between now and then, you guys know that I love you. And I will always, always see you.